The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Big day for them. Big weekend for them, right? Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process, briggsauction.com. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And Kinetic Skateboarding, now with Ricky Fridays. I will update you on that in just a minute. On the show today... Sixers win again, are now tied for second in the East. Joel Embiid might not start the All-Star game. The MVP race may come down to Embiid and Jokic again. Final predictions for the Eagles-Giants game, if Mike can restrain himself from being a dickhead to me during it. We'll have to see. Uh, We will clean out our voicemails and emails. And finally, we get to the Ringer Top 100 rankings. Today is the last day to get our two new shirts, pre-order them. Uh, We're doing all pre-order now. So the two shirts are I've Always Believed in Tobias Harris and the Coach Mike shirt with the diagram of the one one zone. You can go, uh, CJ will put the link in the YouTube chat if you are on there now. We will also put it in the description of the pod. You have until 8 p.m. Saturday night uh, and to order those two. And then never again. And I did mention Kinetic Friday. So we're doing a new thing where we're going to give you a new Kinetic skateboarding discount every weekend. Um, so last weekend we had the Vans discount today. I thought it was going to end yesterday, but it's still going. If you use the code kinetic Ricky, you can get 25% off any kinetic brand hoodie or t-shirt at kinetic skateboarding.com. So they, they still have like the Royal blue, uh, kinetic hoops one too, which is cool. So go to kinetic skateboarding.com at checkout, use code kinetic Ricky. And then if you sign up for the newsletter, you will find out on Thursdays, what the code is going to be for that weekend at rights to Ricky Sanchez.com slash newsletter. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy with no shortage of bones to pick. That is one Mike Levin. Full of bones. Loads with bones. Tons of bones to pick. Well, Mike, you know, against our better judgment, and as they normally do at some point during the year, the Sixers are playing in a way that if you are not careful, would lead you to believe yeah. that they are a championship contender. They are. They have won four straight, all on this five-game West Coast trip. They play the Kings uh, this evening. As of, of this recording, they've won six straight on the road. The offense appears to be clicking. National pundits are saying that they are dangerous. National respect. Some some even respected mm-hmm. national pundits. They're now tied for second in the East, mm-hmm. four and a half games behind the Celtics. Mike is. 
how do you fight off? How would one fight off the, the, the carrot that is being held in front of you to believe in the Philadelphia 76ers this year? With constant vigilance. <laughs> uh, they looked really good against the Blazers. That was a, that was a good win. The Blazers were, were looking frisky earlier in the season, and then Dame got hurt, and then they kind of, even though he's back now, they kind of couldn't, they haven't picked up that pace. Um, Can I make a quick Blazers observation that is Sixers-related? Sure. sure. The worst thing to ever happen to Jeremy Grant's career was going to the Pistons and becoming a number one option. Like, he he's averaging four rebounds a game. Like he was, ne- he was never a good defensive rebounder. I but but he should be like my, my like when you're watching him. I guess my thought is, and and he's not as big and strong, and there are differences. But like, and and they used him this way in Denver. I just feel like you watch what Aaron Gordon's doing. And, and the, the sort of like the folly of him trying to be in like a, a, a primary score, like the thing I do best is scoring. I guess I just watched Jeremy Grant and I'm like, man, in, if he was put in a, a role that made more sense, like I just don't want Jeremy Grant scoring 20 points and four rebounds and one assist a game. It's just kind of a bummer. Maybe it's the situation he's in on the team, but I just feel like him scoring like 27 points a game or whatever he was doing in Detroit may have hurt his trajectory. Well, Rebounding wise, Nurkic and Josh Hart are both good rebounders, and so they get. The, I don't. I don't. I don't have like the Blazers rebounding numbers in front of me, or whatever. But I think it's. I don't think it's like detrimental to what he's doing. I don't think his offensive role is impacting how many defensive rebounds he's getting. But as far as like the trip to Detroit, like I think it's cool for Jeremy that he got to be in a bunch of in a couple places, like the you know in Oklahoma City and then Denver, mm-hmm. like the role player, do everything guy, stand in the corner, hit shots guy, and then decided I'm going to go to Detroit and see how I can expand my offensive game more as the number one option. And it worked. And he like did a bunch of good stuff and they weren't on high volume. He's not like going to be the number one option on a great team ever. But like, I think it's cool that he wanted to do that. And then he went to Portland and is kind of doing the same thing that he was doing in Denver, just with better, more of an offensive skill set. He's improved as a shooter. He can, uh, he can shoot like, a little bit, he can create his own shot more than he, than he could in the past or was allowed to in the past. So, you know, the Blazers haven't been as good as they, they were, but he's still doing the Denver thing in Portland just with, with a detour in Detroit to, like, boost his own, you know, a self-creation hmm. stuff. I think I think it's pretty, I think it's a unique uh, trajectory. And, you know, I always love Jeremy because he's, he's a Sixers process guy and one of the big success stories that people don't talk about. Um and I think if in a better situation, um, yeah, that's that's probably true. Like if they, he was on Denver, you know, or on yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and I think Portland could still be the you know be a playing team. I think it's reasonable to be sure. Anyway, back to the Sixers. Sorry, um, they just look good. I mean, the offense was humming. Like they, it felt like the uh, Embiid Harden pick and roll is just you know I I had an issue with with Doc not playing Harden with Trez all the time. Because it's the only way Trez is useful is if he has Harden with him in any any minor sense. But it it was very clear that Harden or Doc wanted to make the Harden and Embiid pick and roll like more potent. Their chemistry on court together, like they really he really wanted to give them time to coexist together. Um, and maybe that's best for the long run. Maybe you know even though the, we're going to die in those Trez minutes without Harden on there, then it's 
it's still better for the for the future. That doc that credit, doc credit, a, a little bit maybe. I don't know. It's still fresh. Yeah, I, mean, I still got doc issues occasionally. Yeah, I still, yeah, I still got doc issues, but but they just look good, and it was just like truly try to stop this. Anyone try to stop this, and it's like the in in football, it feels like there's more. Um, we're gonna do this until you can prove that you can stop it. Sure. And in, yeah. in basketball, it seems like there's a little bit more of like, well, we got some variety and we got whatever. Um, but Harden, Harden and beat pick and rolls, like even if they switch, which they will in the playoffs, especially on Harden, because any doubling heart, it's insane. It always has been insane this season, but it's very nice of them to do. Um, but if you switch, then that means Embiid is covering the guy Harden was covering. And even if that guy is like, for example, Paul George, which happened in the Clippers game. Um, then Embiid's gonna take him to the woodshed. Like, there's nobody that can cover Embiid one on one that isn't. There's like three guys in the league that can cover Embiid one on one, and one of them is like bizarrely Brooke Lopez. Um, but like, there's no he can't. A little guy can't do anything against Joel. And you can be the you know the Raptors of a couple years ago and throw a ton of bodies at him and stuff, and that's what the Celtics will do. Um, but that, then he's got to prove capable of making those passes to this, you know, the short corner and find somebody for a shooter. And he, and he has, and it's like this, it's just impressive to see them really do a thing that nobody can stop. And it's nice. And it's, I, I want them to keep doing it. Well, it's, it's amazing to see. You know, Greg Popovich's team floundering at the bottom of the standings while Doc Rivers' <laughs> yeah. team is excelling totally. and getting better as the season goes on. It's just it's something to wonder Very about. Very similar, yeah. Whether whether Doc would, would would Pop would make some of these moves. Yeah, I mean, like this is what it always I, I'm glad to your point about like giving them time on the, the floor together and them evolving and you know, even earlier this year, them both sort of making comments in the press about how the offense should revolve around each one of them. I mean, it the should have, it should have always been, I, I mean, whatever they're humans. It takes a while, but I'm glad that they have both figured out, Hey, this is like fucking, this should be pretty easy. This is really easy. Yeah. yeah and it's not going to be that easy in the playoffs for sure. Nothing is, but shouldn't we use this easy thing to get through the regular season and handily beat the teams we should handle that doesn't take nearly as much effort as the thing we were doing before, you know, like the Embiid fucking isolating and hardened isolating, which by the way, takes a lot more energy out of both of them. than yeah. they're, they're running this pick and roll. They look like they're doing it in their sleep. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I'm and, glad. and, and yeah, they, they never, Embiid for the most of his career, never ran pick and roll. No, because he doesn't like Sixers setting picks. And the Sixers didn't have a guard that could make these passes. Well, that's... Um, yeah. And it was it was so much dribble handoff. It was like him and mm. J.J. Redick two-man really game. Really it was Seth Curry two-man game, like that kind of thing. Um, and there was just, you know, him and Jimmy a little bit. but uh, And obviously Ben Simmons from like four feet away from the basket. Those little pick and rolls. Up <laughs> Snug pick and roll. Yeah, it's um, future. But it's just really, it's just really nice. And I, and I do think it will work in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to work all the time crunch time in the playoffs, but sure, I think sure, there, sure. there will be large chunks of the playoffs where it's just like, just run this shit, man. And cool. Harden gets a little bit lax. Sometimes he got really lax in, in the Blazers game, like towards the end of just kind of making passes, just sort of flinging it out there from a, from like, oh, he'll get it. And then somebody's contesting and stuff. And Joel needs to be better about like fighting for the ball. I think too often he lets, he assumes a foul's going to come and he lets like 
guys uh happened in the Lakers game all those times ago when like he wasn't fighting for the ball in the, in the inbounds and then I feel like Nurkic got around him a couple times to poke it out whatever it's just something to watch um but make them make somebody make a play make them do it and, and Embiid's got to be ready to make that pass afterwards but Embiid we, we talked about it last time but like he's stepping into those shots a little bit easier he's getting more like dunks down a lane because of that mm-hmm. it's just more, like more dunks down the lane than i've ever seen him do by the way yeah. like these this clear and to his credit when i say clear he still has to make the decision hey there's a guy there i'm yeah. going to make him make the business decision to get out of the way as sure. i'm as i'm going you know he could step in but also he's probably not going to want to do that and he's doing that more than he ever has yeah and he's and he's obviously got incredible footwork and he's nifty about sort of like scooting by somebody for like the little layup inside mm-hmm. you know i think about like if it's boston like how many times is marcus smart going to step up on that and get and be ready to take a charge um and again a bunch of good teams will but He's got to be able to navigate those, and and he's and Embiid is really good at just pulling up right in front, right in somebody's face. Also, so there was one time I think in in the game when Harden made that pass to him that, that we saw forty times, and uh, and he just starts yelling layup. Like it's yeah. like it's cool to it's cool to see it work and be like you can't stop it. And when was the last time we had something that they couldn't that the other team couldn't stop like a play? Yeah, a play. With it, honestly, the last time was the Redick Embiid uh, dribble handoff. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And and remember, he he said to Reddick when he was on his podcast, he was like, I'll never find another play that works as well as that one does. And he did. Like, here it is. He did. And God bless both of them for... And it's um, the most simple basketball play that there is. Yep. Um, you know, the other sort of... First of all, uh, Tobias has played well the last couple of games after having uh, the Ricky curse has now turned into the Ricky bump, which is which is solid. Had a nice uh, dunk last night. Had a nice night. dunk. Uh, what are we, what a, are we up to? Let me... You keep talking while I look Okay. He had another... A, a non-dunk drive uh, drive into the lane that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, took a couple of quick trigger threes, which we liked seeing. It, it felt like... It felt like... Even though Tobias is good at getting that 14-footer, it felt like that had become too much a core of his offense again and at the last two games i feel like he's been really solid what's his dunk yeah. total up to he's up to 32 on the season still and still on his... pace um for uh 0.072 percent of his field goal attempts are dunks which is high far and away still uh the most that he's had since he was a rookie we will get to a, a maxi note which uh, and he thinks about me every time he talks i'm there's no way he, he has to there's no way. We and there's made, times when he's like, he, was, he could lay that up, but he's like, I'm straining to dunk this. I'm the, stretching. I'm like, he's looking like Anthony Davis out there, stretching to, to put a two-handed dunk down. I love it. Honestly, we may be, I may be giving us too much credit, but I feel like there are several things in Toby's life that he's never going to be able to do again without thinking about wow. being on this podcast. Wow, reading. Books, yeah. Reading his dog, the the big, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I wanted to bring up a maxi thing that has also been a, a trend but before that, Briggs Auction, BriggsAuction.com, B-R-I-G-G-S Auction.com. You can get the app in the App Store or Google Play or the website. Briggs Auction is this sick auction house in Delco, four-generation family-owned auction house. And every week, there are new auctions for you to scroll through and buy shit that you want and maybe you don't need. And I think that is the best kind of product. Last week, there was the Wine and Spirits Auction, which was awesome. I'm sure Toby scrolled through that as uh, it seems like. There was a book auction as well. Very refined taste for everyone. Dude, this week, 
And this is, when I say there's everything in Bricks Auction, there's vehicles, there's furniture, there's collectibles, sports collectibles, there's uh, books, art, all these sorts of things. This week, for the next week, there is exclusively a Peter Rabbit auction. Mm. I had no idea there was this much Peter Rabbit shit in the entire world. I mean, there's, in the collectibles section of it, there's fucking 63 things, 234 things in the books uh, section. Just all, like, look, if you like Peter Rabbit, there's like a, a lot here. Every week, there's new stuff. Furnish, furnishings for your home, art for the walls, collectibles just for you. Um, like there was a sick Camaro or Camaro in there like a few months ago. Anyway, BriggsAuction.com. That is BriggsAuction.com, B-R-I-G-G-S. They have uh, open pickup on Saturdays. You can do it by scheduling it on during the weekdays, and they work with shippers to get you ships, to get you shipped to you if that's the way you want to do it. And as well... If you have a bunch of stuff, you're looking to downsize, you think it's worth something, info at BriggsAuction.com. That's info at BriggsAuction.com. Briggs Auction, we love you. Shout out Peter Rabbit. Maxi, so, you know, the as the Sixers sort of improved in, in a way while Maxi was hurt and Melton was in the starting lineup, Melton seemed to fit. There was a lot of conversation about putting Maxi on the bench and PJ Tucker sitting and yada, yada, yada. So Maxi ends up on the bench Doc lies about three starting lineups, which will never happen. Doc, locks, <laughs> Doc lies about, uh, you know, uh, Maxi texting him and suggesting it, which also isn't true, or is at least a, a misappropriation or mis a distortion of the truth. Doc has an assistant coach fabricate a Photoshop of texts to yeah. show it on the press conference. Good job, man. The truth is, is that this is good for the team and it's good for Maxi. And I, I think there's, there's probably a a portion of Maxi's improved play that is just him getting his feet under him. But also it is a, at this point in his career with what his skill set is, it is much better it is much more productive for him to be out there with not both Embiid and Harden at the same time. Because like, while he's a good spot up shooter, you don't want to relegate him to that. He feels much more comfortable with the ball. He's he, the speed he plays with even is a little more congruent with him leading the offense rather than Harden and Embiid sort of running this slow pick and roll. I just, you know, I know players want to start, um, but players have gotten big contracts coming off the bench. Hero did, Jordan Poole did. You're two like crucial cogs to their team. It doesn't mean he won't ever be a starter, but I just, I think like even starting, not starting, talking about who he's playing with and how he's playing, I just, I think it works better for this team right now and for him. Yeah, I mean, definitely his agent doesn't want him to be starting as far as like who or doesn't want him to be coming off the bench and everything. But um, you know, like we've we've had this this part of the discussion where like you can get him time with Embiid and Harden off the court and also start him. I, I he's just one of the I would I just very PJ Tucker's giving them nothing. I would have started Maxi and Melton, Harden, Tobias, Embiid. Uh, instead of them and and yeah like it's always going to be a concern but he's he's one of the, the best players on the team and he should be playing enough minutes so it was, it was it's just a weird i don't know i i'm there are plenty of great players that come off that, like like for I, sure I, you there, know what there I mean? for sure are but like yeah that's fine uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't bug me too much um and if and if he's cool with it then it's fine i just don't want it to like build or breed resentment. Like he seems like a good kid and he's fine with it and all that stuff. But like, it's very clearly one forever, but it could last this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think, I think that's reasonable. Um, it's just, it's frustrating 
because like he's he's very good and, and he's probably their second best off the catch shooter um after Niang. Um and it it's a, just as a weapon, like why not have that there? But you know, if there's a if there's if there's punch off the bench, I don't mind that. The Sixers haven't had like that kind of speed off the bench in forever. Um Defensively, usually. it it shores up the starting lineup. It just does. Yeah, you know? it's, that's which is totally fine. I mean, I, yeah. he needs to himself just become a better defender, mm-hmm. and and I think you know Harden needs to fall asleep off ball less. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not too big of a deal. The, the frustrating thing to me was like, okay, Doc is now this lineup mastermind. Here we go. He's got three starting lineups. He's juggling at the same time as he's coaching. What an impressive display! And then like they're up nine okay. against the Blazers. Yeah, the Blazers are like starting to come back. And Maxie's on the court with Harden in like th- with like four minutes left. Matisse played a great game on Dame Lillard. So, so did Melton. But why is Matisse not in that game for Maxie or going offense-defense with Maxie? Maybe it was a good enough cushion where Doc's like, I'm going to leave him in because I want to, I don't know, he's handling personalities and he wants to prove it, that he's deserving and all that stuff. But like there's a very real chance that they lose that game. Because their defense is falling apart at the end because they have not enough guys that can stop penetration or, or make stuff happen on the defensive end. Not to give Doc credit, but you did mention there there might be, there are other, it's not always every time the best particular lineup for that situation on the court. I think there could be, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, you know, who knows whether it's, he's doing it because he's dumb or doing it because he's like the ultimate strategist or whatever, like the ultimate brain, yeah. you know, coach. But I, I have no idea. They did win though. And they won pretty comfortably. So there were a couple, they, that, that lead could have gotten to four if like a three had gone down. And then it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Are we going to blow this lead? Like that Lakers game, like that totally could have happened. It, and yeah, it just, I just, you know, it was a frustrating thing to be like, why is this lead evaporating mm-hmm. when, and it's because of, the choice to have several bad defensive players on the court at the same time. So I, I think this is appropriate. We'll get to more voicemails and emails later. Uh, 833 lickface or writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. But I think this is an appropriate voicemail considering what we're talking about. I can like uh, Maxi Jane on the mic here. Uh, eight time caller this week and last time, I promise. I just want to tell you about the eight, eight time season 180. My uh, my my outlook is done for the season between the last two games and really the therapy session that was the uh, your your last pod. My nights commiserated with you. Biggest thing just to look at: look at James Harden's stats this year versus last year. Uh, pretty pretty decent uh, sample size for both, and I think that'll well that tells me that I was wrong. He's done a one eighty, Mike. He's done a one eighty on the season. He believes. Now, I know you're not fully there yet, but my question being, if we were to like break out the league into true tiers, let's say three, let's say the top three into like true championship contender, yeah, just below championship contender and like, you know, seven seed or whatever, um, are they, who's, who's in the the first tier is my question. Obviously, we would put Boston there, considering they were in the finals last year. They have the sure. best offense in the league, best record, yada, yada, yada. Who else is true championship contender in the league in that particular tier? I mean, I think you got to put Milwaukee in there. They have looked yep. weird this year. Like, 
and with all the weirdness they've looked yeah they still are second in the east and look good and everything and when if chris middleton can get healthy if chris middleton can't get healthy then yep then i would say maybe not but they they're i just believe in their ability to, to turn it on um i mean the the like month stretch that brooklyn had when everybody was healthy and playing looked very good um but the odds of them getting healthy and also continuing that i think are maybe a little bit low if something weird doesn't happen mm-hmm. uh i mean i would say denver they're kicking ass denver memphis my memphis grizzlies i love I, watching my memphis grizzlies i don't buy the grizzlies as championship contenders until they they like i just i don't buy it yet i guess i i guess i just like i watch moran is like spectacular to watch for sure there's just like there's something about maybe it's because they're so young. Like maybe it's because they're, they're the they're the OKC before they got to the finals, and they'll just get to the finals, and then they'll be that team. Yeah. But uh, but like they them them I wouldn't I, them I would put in the next tier until they're in the top tier. If that sounds like a cliche thing to say, but I, I just wouldn't put them there yet. It's, yeah, I mean it's easy we, to say like they haven't been there, so I'm not going to believe it until they are. But like they're just really they're just a special bunch like you watch them play and like their defense is like is very ferocious and like their their energy is crazy and it shouldn't work like it shouldn't be as easy for them to draft like fucking Santi Aldama and he's just like yeah I'm I'm a vital cog in this team and I'm doing a great job of it he's awesome um they're just a really really very good team and if they stay healthy like I mean Ja got hurt last year like they could have beaten the Warriors um so you put sixers in next tier obviously no i don't think i'm i think i'm compromised by the sixers oh, and no. the years of, oh, that i've had no. i just can't i don't think i can do it i don't oh. know i like i have maybe finally 10 years into this podcast i have grown enough calluses <laughs> to where like they they can't they can't break me they can't well i mean i'm broken already but they can't like change they can't convince me until, until like it really happens, because I, I've seen too much. When when Mike, the episode where Mike became Spike, we, he finally admitted it. He just he needs to see it before it happens. Actually, this is uh, before we get to the Embiid MVP thing. I actually think this is interesting. And, and sorry, and just the Pelicans if oh, yeah. uh, if, if oh. Zion, when Zion's healthy. Eight three three Lickface. This is a good one. Hey guys, uh, Andrew here. First time caller. I was just calling in to ask if um, it's normal that I listen to the pod pretty regularly, but have not watched a single Sixers game this season. I've popped in for about uh, two or three games and watched a quarter here and there, but um, just simply don't care enough to watch full games anymore. Uh, but listen to every single pod. Thanks. It's an interesting way to follow the, the season. I remember yep. when my brother after season two or something gave up on lost, but just continue to read the recaps because he wanted to see mm-hmm. what happened and then mm-hmm. watch the finale. You know, you save time by not watching the games. You can just listen to, you know, a couple hours of the Ricky every week. That, I think that makes sense. I think um, it makes more sense for the Sixers than, than for lost, uh, which does get, <laughs> does get very good and great. And I love it. Um, shout out Tanner. Uh, but the, Watching the game, not watching the Sixers and hearing us talk about it is interesting. There, Mike Ballin always says this thing when uh, he'll be like, judging by the the tone of 
Philadelphia fans on Twitter, this, the Eagles or whoever, what, any Philadelphia yeah. team is is down by 40. And then you check the box score and then it's like, oh, it's like for the Eagles, like 13-10 or something. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that we we might have some of that. It goes both where, ways, I think. On I, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I look, I like it. I like it as a, I, our listeners, I, I want a nice variety of them. And I think not watching the games is a great one. And look, I'm, I've lied to myself about this and lied to all of you people, but uh, the regular season doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, and that's so it's a healthier way to do it, maybe. Uh, MVP thing in a second. Before that, speaking, here's an MVP for your dog. It's Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Been a rush lately of Process Pup photos in the email. I love seeing the Process Pup photos in the email. Jelly Bean was a new Process Pup. There's actually two dogs in there. Quite simply, the Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Bed is the best bed that you can get your dog to keep your dog healthier. I think it looks the best. It certainly holds up the best. There's a 10-year warranty on it, but it is the best for your dog's joints. If you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you will get the Big Barker Dog Bed along with two process pup patches. And when you send us a picture of your dog on the bed, they go in the gallery, throw them on the Instagram, love dog photos. It, it was, I remember Eric who owned it at the time was telling me why he, he started Big Barker and he had this giant dog and he learned about dogs sort of like developing arthritis as they age. And he noticed that all the dog beds were basically like pillows. So they went and they specifically engineered a bed to be health, keep your dog healthier. And, and they got it there and Penn Vet did a study on it and it does it. And it's not just for big dogs. Now it, was, it started for big dogs, but it's for all dogs and your dog sleeps like all fucking day long and should be sleeping on something that supports their joints to keep them healthier. Um, and it, like I mentioned, like I said, it looks better. Um, it, uh, it comes in all different colors, all different, you know, few different shapes, all different sizes, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. As I mentioned, 10 year warranty, the foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. How about that? One year at home trial. If you don't like it, the dog won't sleep on it. Return it. They'll even pay for shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Woof, woof. So we complained earlier in the year as Joel Embiid was not getting the MVP respect that he perhaps deserved, or maybe he was where he should be. There's a lot of great players this year. But as the Sixers improve, as they, they steady, uh, and as the season goes on, the Embiid MVP case gets stronger. The current Kia MVP ladder, Kia didn't give us any money, but that's what it is on the NBA.com, has Jokic 1, Tatum 2, and Bede 3. Kia sponsoring a ladder. Yes. Yeah, sense. Kia doesn't make ladders. Shouldn't it be the MVP car? Uh, Mike, I ask you this. If this comes down to Jokic and Embiid again toward the end of the season, yeah, how, which seems entirely possible. You know, Doncic is out there. If, if the Celtics continue to play well. I feel like, you know, Tatum could definitely win MVP. But yeah. if if this comes down to Jokic and Embiid again, how do we as a podcast, as a community, mm-hmm. handle something like that? Because it's a real possibility. I don't know. It's it's pretty disgusting. I like I like Jokic. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I mm-hmm. enjoy watching him. I don't I don't feel any like visceral bad feelings to him as a player or person. But when I'm rooting for Jason Tatum to get the MVP over Luke, over Nicole Jokic, that like some we've 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 come too far. 
Like we are in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, if they could go back and go like, ah, actually last year we should have given a 10 bead. Our bad. If they could do like a, a switcheroo and then give Jokers the MVP this year, then like, then great. But they've already made a mistake and so they can't compound the mistake by giving another MVP to a guy that like is the same. It's a toss up. So stop giving the toss up guy to the guy who's already won one. Like we did it. I, it's not like, it's not a real thing. Like that's every year you know like all-star appearances and mvps like the the sanctity of it is like it doesn't exist like plenty of people made the all-star game that didn't deserve to make the all-star game because like fans voted them in or whatever and like i think people think that the mvp is well that's above that and stuff but it's like it's not it's all subject to like bullshit narrative and like feelings and who's won it before and this idea that like you know, it how just many simply MVPs? must go to the best regular season yeah, player. That exactly. Year. It's like how not how it's ever has, worked. CJ, how many MVPs has LeBron won? It's not that many. And it's, it's because four, it's like, right? Because like, well, he hasn't, I'm not going to, I have to look at the chat or is he going to pop up? No, no, no. He's, his, his video is gone. I think it's because of his internet. He'll put it in the chat. There you go. Four. It is four. Yeah. But like, he's obviously been the best player in the league in more, more than, than four, four years. Yeah. Um, and same with you are same with Steph in, in some circumstances. It's just like, guys, he's already won two. It's enough. It's enough. It's Give enough. it to either Embiid or Tatum or Luca. Like, if it's not Embiid, then that's it's you know. Well, do we adopt in anyone bias, but, but do we adopt in anyone but Jokic stance? Is that the, the stance we're adopting for this year? I, I think absolutely. I'm tired of doing the like pr- trying to prove Embiid is good just so much as like Sixers fans for Tatum. Fine. Yeah. Fine. And if that and and maybe if that's a uh a way that you know Jalen Brown can start to get itchy and get out of there. If Tatum wins MVP, he wants to go win his own MVP somewhere else. Get him out. Um but yeah, it's just like guys, it was a tie last year, and you gave it to the guy who had already won. I I like so nailed Zach Lowe to the fucking wall with it. Just to be like, Giannis already won one. Yoga's already won one. Here's a list of bad things that Embiid had to overcome. And to not give him the MVP, it's just, it was, it was disgusting. Even in the season that Ben Simmons was sitting out. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable they didn't give him the MVP last year. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> but this year, it's just like, yeah, I think it's truly anybody but Jokic. And not because I don't like Jokic. I like Jokic. He's great. Fun to watch. You know. He just doesn't need to win three straight MVPs. He just, he just doesn't need to win three straight MVPs. If he had won, if we won three straight MVPs, then, then like in order to win three straight MVPs, you should have to have won like three straight NBA championships, like or one in the middle, or, or one in the middle. Like like if he had won the championship last year, and then won the MVP again this year, I I just like it. It's time. It's time. And and KOC, I I love KOC. But he does this thing. He's one of these guys that you love him, but you want to choke the life out of him sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty, he's pretty chokeable. Yeah. and when Sweet we, guy, we, very chokeable. Yeah. And he's banned, but he filled in for you one week. And while he was filling in, we were talking about this and he was like, it's a regular season award for the best regular season player. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Can we stop making pretend that other things aren't, part of this yeah, you know and like you you just there's not some like big machine in Willy Wonka that like spits out a fucking like and it's MVP and it's Jokic like there it is like that's what it is it's all fucking everybody's got their own biases and it's like it's the same th- it's all that's like when you when you've brought up like 
you know, all-star appearances or something in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what, but like that's, it's all of these are corruptible thing. There's not like a one. Yes. Like definable be thing because everything is a human beings making their own bullshit fucking rationales for it. And it's the same, like it's those scouts and Moneyball being like, hey, he's got a hot girlfriend or whatever. Like that's, it's the same shit. It's the same shit. And should have won the MVP last year. Look at all the shit he's overcome. Well, and, and here's apologize, here's, apologize here's the, for bad logic. And the thing, the thing that I would express, and then we can wrap this up, but like you say, well, it's a word for the best regular season player. It's like, no, it's called the most valuable player. Yeah. So it is purposely ambiguous. Like yeah. they, they do it that way. So it, the answer can't just be you feeding numbers into a computer and it spitting out an answer. It's it's purposely ambiguous. Grow up, vote for somebody other than Jokic. You, you won that battle. He's good. Everyone believes he's fucking good. I yeah. believe he's fucking good. Everybody believes Incredible. he's good. You won. Congratulations. Give it to Tatum or Embiid or somebody else this year. Yeah. You won. And honestly, like I've I've been, you know, near death on Jason Tatum for a long time. Like I've been like yeah. holding on to a a pit. Mm-hmm. Me and Mount Doom, just like one finger on the on the ledge trying to do, and just like honestly, just shove me in. He's gonna win MVP. Just fucking shove me into the goddamn fire. Like, At least let, it's not Ingram. Let me burn alive. Yeah. Because because Jason Tatum, who they traded up to not get. <laughs> because Markel Fultz forgot how to shoot. Just on, like set myself on, just really let me have it. It's enough already. I'm, I've, I've, my, my, my toes have been crisping this whole time. And I just really like, just let me burn alive, please. I would go to the Spotify question in the pod here, which is if you're watching or listening on Spotify, it would be under the player, but. Oh, what's the face CJ's making right now? What, I, I can't see him. There's no CJ video right now. I do think his internet at his girlfriend's parents' house is suspect, but mm. the uh, CJ just has If we can't trust it, the internet, how can we trust his girlfriend's parents, his girlfriend's dad to measure him? Oh, he put something in the chat. Maybe he's naked. Wi-Fi sucks. Sorry. There mm. we go. Well, maybe you should plug in. You he should put a picture that. of his naked body in the chat. CJ <laughs> just hasn't put the question in the pod in the in the in Spotify when he uploads. And he was like, "Well, you guys, you know, haven't used it." It's like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, do you know how many things I put in the rundown that we don't use? I need things to go to occasionally. You know, I things. like hearing from the listeners. Get on your game. You're either the producer or you're not. The hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from one of our regular viewers who is a Raptors fan who loves the Ricky. And on the last pod, we were discussing your uh, your note that no, your comment about the the Raptors deciding not to trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. And Jeff Berg says in YouTube, a the Nets never intended to trade Durant. B they wanted along with Scotty. OG and Fred or OG and Siakam and Scotty, AKA Durant, Gary Trent, Malachi Flynn. Can you say not a contender? So he's calling bullshit on your. Yeah. I mean, I think when Kevin Durant makes a formal trade request public, like. I think they thought about they it. They are having to think about it. Like they might not have wanted to, but almost everybody that requests a trade that that stature, unless they're, you know, four kind Korkmaz gets the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were, you know, they just weren't getting good offers. possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I think they were getting good offers, but maybe not the ones that they necessarily wanted. Um, and it didn't make it worth it. And they wanted to see if it would die down and to their credit, it did. 
um, for now. Um, but they did fire their head coach at least, so maybe that was the that was the thing that they everyone was satisfied by, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that there could have been trades if Scotty was the centerpiece of the deal. I don't think it has to be Scotty and OG and. And all your good players. Yes, I don't think that would have been the case. Maybe that's the ask, but that's how yeah, you of negotiate. Yeah. Right, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com or 833lickface is how you get Dying to get Chris Boucher out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I would love Please, to get God. Yeah. Please, God, give me Chris Boucher. Yeah. Or at least put him on a team that the Sixers aren't going to face. Put him on some bad team somewhere. I just, yeah. I would love to have him, but I would well, mostly love to not have to face him anymore. Yeah. He will shoot 8% from three with us but at mm-hmm. least the threat of the shot will be better than any backup center that the sixers have ever had uh here is an email now we received a an email saying that it appeared as if joel Embiid was putting a lozenge into his mouth before he went onto the court uh, in at in the clippers game and then proceeded to throw the trash on the ground now i did receive confirmation from an nba source that Joel Embiid did put something into his mouth and throw the trash on the ground, and Montrez Harrell picked up the trash. But oh. here is an email from Sam. And isn't that the role? Yep. Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is in response to the most recent podcast and Joel throwing trash on the court. When the Clippers played the 76ers at home, my friends and I were sitting right behind the scorer's table. And when Embiid went to check in, an assistant coach would bring him over three to four Jolly Rancher candies, and Joel <laughs> would pop them in his mouth. Then said coach, maybe Mike's new gig, would clean up his trash. Why Jolly Rancher? I don't know. But that must have been what the trash was on the court during the Clippers game. It does seem very dangerous to be running around with hard candy in your mouth. But obviously, it's been working. Love the pot. So I did some internal investigation. Okay. To find out what it actually was. As one person said, Lawson. Somebody else said Jolly Ranchers. The, The Sixers do have gum and mints that are there. But they also have individually wrapped lifesavers and it was not jolly ranchers Mm. i don't think my my intuition is given what i know that he was putting perhaps you know it's not you know joel does like sweets so it is not impossible to think he was putting a few lifesavers in his mouth before playing yeah i am specifically worried about him choking though it does seem like a very ricky thing to happen that'd be so fucked up yeah uh I love a big guy that likes sweets. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, not as big. Loves ice cream. But loves ice cream. Yeah. Uh, very, very charming. Don't, <laughs> if he jokes, I'll fucking lose it. Have some, eat it when you're not in the game. Yeah. So when you're sitting down, when you're sitting down getting upset about what Montrez is doing and how bad his defense is and how people shoot 90% with him there, Anthony Simon's just begging Trez to come cover him. Please cover me. I people shoot better with Trez on them than when they're wide open. Yeah. It's he is like a human boost to your shooting percentages. So so impressive. Can't do anything on defense. Unbelievable. And anytime he gets like a block and then like starts to like look around and like which is the fun stuff. Like a backup center should be doing and is like get, pumping up the crowd and like doing like I like that energy. It's just he just doesn't deserve it because he doesn't do it when he's getting roasted in any pick and roll or anything whatsoever. Oh, God, he's so bad. Man. Fuck Montrez Harrell. Oh, my God. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he can't play basketball anymore. It's killing me. He just gave the Clippers basically like seven points in a row. 
It's ridiculous. I can't deal with it. Uh, relatedly, every time you play the Clippers, uh, the Sixers play the Clippers, it's worth revisiting the Shake Milton 39 point game. Yeah. Uh, somebody was mm-hmm. tweeting clips from it tonight. In one of the clips, Shake puts a move on Montrez, <laughs> on Clippers Montrez, and then Glenn Rivers calls a timeout. And the broadcast said that. And I, it took me a second to realize that, God damn it, we used to not have those guys. And now we do. So jokes on us. I forgot that Trez was I should watch those. I should watch those clips again. I forgot that Trez was on the Buck court. Montrez Harold for, for the Clippers during that uh during that run. Amazing. So good. Shake, Shake was good against the Blazers also. He was. He's just he's just he's such a good a, season, man. He's such a nifty little player. I just mm-hmm. I love him so much. And I I love his finishes. I'm so excited to see how much he gets paid this offseason. It's not gonna be by us, unfortunately, but like it's gonna what be a, six million dollars. What a great Six is more than five, so him making more than Cork Miles, I will still okay. count that as a win for me. Okay. I think it's been more than six. I think it's been more than six. Yeah, but we'll see. I, maybe twelve is strong. Yeah, but I could say like eight or nine. What's like Delon Wright getting? Like eight or nine? I don't know. Eight or nine? Google it. Yeah, Google it. While I talk about Cornblow, I'll talk about Cornblow. You find out how much everybody's making. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Look, yeah, eight, years, is, eight million. There you go. He. Kornblau does not negotiate contracts. He is a uh, personal injury lawyer, the premier pu- person, boutique personal injury law firm in Southeastern PA. But but I don't know, if you want him to negotiate your contract, reach out, maybe he'll do it. 215-576-7200, ask for Adam. Email Kornblau at Kornblau and Kornblau.com. Personal injury lawyers, full of sharks, bullshit liars. Like honestly, guys that put themselves on billboards and advertise and you call that place and you don't even get the guy that's on the billboard because when you call that place all they're doing they're just a referral service this big scam is the wrong word but it is intellectually dishonest cornblow intellectually honest when you reach out to cornblow you get them you send an email to that email address you call that phone number you're gonna get them four decades cornblow and cornblow has been there some of the biggest medical malpractice results in the area office is all over the place but he will come to your home he will come to your home if you want him to. Does house calls. At one of the live Rickies, there were corn dogs named in his honor. And he That's bought right. corn, dogs corn dogs for a bunch of people. So, look, it, it's not just metal. They ran out fries. so fast. What's that? They did. They ran out. People they wanted did. them. People wanted that corn. Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a, a great item. Who had thought? Was it Rich? It was Rich at Underground Arts that thought about the corn block corn dog, I think. And it was a huge success. Look, like... I mentioned medical malpractice, injured at work, slip and fall, all of those things, um, car accidents, uh, it, like any of those things. If if you are injured and you're hurt and you think somebody else might be at fault, like you being a hero and saying, ah, I'll be okay. Don't do that. Before you do that, reach out to Cornblow. And if you have any other issue, we've had several listeners reach out to Cornblow with other issues and you need some general legal advice or need, hey, who could I go to for this? He's your guy. Need a Need a lawyer. Just go to Cornblow first. Like I said, 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Um, what do we got here? Backup center? Let's do a backup center email. From Eric. It's obvious we can't go into the playoffs with Montrez's backup center. And I'm not convinced we could mm. with B-ball either. Anyway, Doc won't. 
How would you feel about making Backup Center our primary trade target with Matisse a necessary piece for any of these better options? And what is your appetite for any of the following given their contracts and asking price? His options are Mason Plumley, Kelly Olenek, Daniel right Gafford, Andre Drummond, Rashawn Holmes. Now, uh, you Rashawn can see and Gafford are making way, okay. way too much money. Um, yeah. So Gafford makes thirteen million a year. Rashawn makes twelve. Olenek makes twelve. Yeah, Olenek would be would be fine if he if he's healthy. He's, he's hurt right now. Walker Kessler is playing playing great over there. Um, so they might be very welcome to trade him or like Jared Vanderbilt or something. Although I think Vanderbilt is will will read to duck similar to B-Ball Paul. Um, but uh, Drummond, I think it's like, you know, I'm resigning myself to they're never going to get a, an actual stretch five that can do anything um, because they've robbed me of it for so long. And uh, at least Drummond is tall and can rebound. I still, I will get back to my take that all of Drummond's rebounds were fake rebounds because he was never winning any like contested ones that much, maybe on the offensive end, but defensively people were getting him over him. But uh, he's better rebounder than Trez by a lot um, and still has some, some juice in there. And so if the Bulls decide to, to kick that, then, then yeah, sure. Can I make a crazy, I'm going to make a crazy thing. And I was never pro Drummond anyway. Yeah. I know this sounds fucking nuts. I'd rather have Harold than Drummond. That's wrong. That's and impossible. Only because if if we are talking about a player that specifically knows what his role is, isn't going to do any fucking loop de loo, zippity zoo passes around his back, and like and Harden is comfortable with. I like I I think Drummond sucks. I honestly think Andre Drummond sucks, and we would be furious with him in the playoffs, and. uh I'd rather like Harden and Doc and fucking Daryl not have any excuses. Here's your fucking guy. You, you, you know where he's going to be. You know where he's going to do. I, I don't think Drummond's enough of a, an upgrade to go with Drummond. In that in that reality that they're not having any excuses, then like there's a version where they just apologize at the end of the year. Like I think that's I think that's what you're hoping to get. I mean, like we were wrong, and well, we should have been. We should have known better. Like I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, but I like I like the possibility. I Drummond is is just a better player um, at this stage of his career. I, I don't love him. Like he's not the ideal backup center uh, because of his limitations on the perimeter. But he's better than Trez, and he can rebound. And Trez can't rebound for shit. He doesn't even try to rebound. Like so many times, Trez is like in there, and he's like backing up. And like I think against the Blazers, there was a time when he like backed, like in a rebound opportunity, he just sort of like stepped out of bounds. He was just like I'm like under the stanchion. He's just not like. He's he's not in the in the premises. Uh, he's horrendous, and I, it sucks because I did like, I like him so much as a prospect. But like, as he had to add weight to like hang as a center, like has no jump shot, is shooting like like fifty one percent from the line. Like, there's just nothing that he's there's nothing that he's giving you. So at least Drummond would be that. Olenek is interesting. He's like obviously not a, a not a tremendous defensive player, but he's not as bad as he used to be, and he does protect the rim a little bit. Um, and he's and a he legitimate shoot. shooter. He's a yeah. really good shooter. Like a legitimate, very good, very real shooter. Um, he's a smart player, and he can he can attack. He can do some of the same things that George Niang can do, uh, attacking closeout and stuff, and making the right pass and stuff. So I I would like Kelly Olynyk. As I've said, Kelly, if the Sixers had Olynyk for at least some of the last four or five years, they would have won several championships. Um, but yeah, I'd be fine with it. And, and I think like solidifying that role, whether it's Olynyk or 
yeah, not it's Drummond, but I guess I'd be fine with Fitz Drummond. But solidifying with somebody, Chris Boucher, like it would it would allow me to not feel like we're about to do the same thing that we always do. Right, and right, maybe right. that would lift the lid on how how I can believe in this team. Right. Because I, I, I simply will not believe in this team with, with them going into the playoffs if, if Trez is their backup center. I, I will not do it. I will not. I refuse to do it. I have a fundamental refusal to do that. If Montrez Harrell is a backup center, if they, if, we, if they try to do this to me again, I won't do it. I will not play along. There's only so many times that you can yank the football away from me before Charlie Brown walks away and does a podcast, but he doesn't like it. He's not enjoying himself because you guys fucking tried to do it again. It's not going to happen. I'm not doing it. And it would be nice also to just do a little consolidation to get like a bigger wing, but everybody's looking for a bigger wing. Somebody in the YouTube chat said wanting Harold over Drummond is quote trolling bias. Everybody on the internet has to learn that like not everybody that disagrees with you is trolling you. Fucking, I fucking hate Do you feel like you've learned that? What's that? Do you feel like you've learned that when you feel like people are trolling you and they're disagreeing? Well, I, I don't, no, no, no. Uh, whether, do I feel like I've learned that not everybody is trolling you? People that I think you're thinking about it the opposite way. Like you're asking me, hey, when people disagree with you, or are you, no, I, I plenty of people disagree with me without, without trolling. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I honestly believe that like 99% of our disagreements are genuine, like about basketball or whatever, or genuine disagreements. About oh, no, I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about myself. I was oh, talking, okay. I was saying, uh, it feels like sometimes you're getting in arguments with people on Twitter. And I want, I wonder if you're following your own advice, I guess is my question. No. Well, so I don't think that they are like, my frustration is that they think I'm trolling them because they think I disagree with them. And it, mm -hmm. like, I, I just, I, I am maybe to a fault gen generally like a hundred percent honest about how I feel about everything. And it may be wrong a lot. It's certainly wrong a lot, but it is definitely like not, attempting to troll i don't get anything out of trolling anybody you know like nothing i there's certainly there, i i think there's like this perception that like trolling people gets them to like click on something or whatever but like it would be a lot more obvious <laughs> like i don't get anything out of saying that i'd rather have montrez than drummond i just don't like drummond um 833 lickface is the voicemail hi spike mike and cj my name's joe First time, long time. Uh, my question is, so Daryl Morey, he's done, we would say, a very good job as the Sixers GM. But this past summer, the deals for Tucker, the deals for House, I, I understand it's hard to get role players 100% perfect all the time. But just the fact that Tucker's getting three years, the fact that House is getting guaranteed money for two years, the next time Daryl comes on the pod, I would love it if you guys would maybe, you know, question why why he gave so much so many years and guaranteed money out to those two guys when we maybe could have gotten some better younger players thank you guys keep up the great work so i think yeah, we I mean, should have daryl on after the trade deadline february yeah. 9th is the trade deadline so I, I, he, i've already told him that we're doing that okay all right good uh yes absolutely yeah i he, think those signings have been bad the three signings that, that daryl has made this offseason have been bad tucker for three years has he looks worse than than he's ever looked. Uh, the hope is that he performs in the playoffs and the fact that he's not shooting at all is less of a concern. But like, it's it's like danger. It's like, we are we are at 
I know he's not the same player in any way, but like we're at Simmons level of like, he's not even looking at the basket. And that is a problem. That is a, that is a fundamental problem with a player on a basketball court playing as many minutes as PJ Tucker is. Um, Harrell obviously has sucked. Uh, the hope is that his offense, you know, his shooting at the rim improves back to like what it was for most of his career, but he keeps missing layups. Like he keeps missing bunnies. He doesn't have the lift that he has before. Um, and the defense He's playing better is, now than he did a month ago or two months. Ago. I mean, then yeah, he, he, had had a, a, he had a during Embiid's absence, he had a run of like he's at least doing some stuff uh, offensively, but mm-hmm. um, he's still he's still like missing a ton, and it's only when he's wide open and dunking that's that's the only thing he's given you. And and House has been horrendous. Like I mean, he doesn't a couple play. Of, he doesn't play anymore. Yeah. Doc still I talked six with Adam, but like Doc still like talks him up like he's good. Um, when he gets the opportunity to, but yeah, I mean, house was the, like he has shown flashes in his career of being a useful player and the defense being good enough and also being a threat to shoot. But now he's, he is sort of like robotically only able to take step back threes. Like that's the only thing he wants to do. He like can't or won't shoot just off the catch. He has to, get into a step back and he's pretty good on it. But I think it, I can't imagine if I was his coach being like, just fucking shoot it when they pass it to you. It's not what we need him for. It's not what we need him for. So uh, it hasn't looked, it hasn't looked good. I mean, the Dan Hell signing, all three of those have, have been definitely uh, to varying degrees, like below average or below expectations. What has worked out very well is the D'Anthony Melton trade. Um, And for sure, uh, even though David Roddy is awesome and I love David Roddy. It was um, the right trade to make. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been he's been massively helpful. He's he's helpful with Maxi. He's helpful with Harden. Uh, him and Embiid have a nice chemistry. He's just like he's awesome, and I hope he's here forever. I, I want to set up expectations for everyone. It's like we could ask him. It, it's really hard to ask a, a sitting general manager or a coach. Not that we won't ask him. Hey, this player that is on your team for several years that you signed, who is here now. Should you not have given him all that money? <laughs> yeah, not he's really, not going to really answer, an answer. the not way really that answer. he want. But, but like, we, I think we'll find a way. I we I think we try to do a good job of finding a way to phrase the question in a way that maybe they could answer. But I I, I think you're going to be disappointed in the in the general response on that one. Yeah, Here's and a, I think I oh, think let's let's see what happens in the next few weeks before the trade deadline. Yeah, of like who comes in and solidifies the rotation. Um, and whether Shake gets moved because he's expiring, or whether Matisse finally gets moved because they don't trust him, like those kinds of things. I mean, like it's just, it'd be nice. Right now, they have, if you if you if you count PJ as like someone that they that you can count on in the playoffs, which I maybe I'm still. I believe we can. I, I do. Okay, it's it's very fresh. The offense is really like driving me insane. And you and usually the roles will be reversed, Spike. You know the roles will be reversed usually. You know that. Because if if there was a guy, there we we have much evidence of this of like there's a guy who plays defense but like doesn't shoot and doesn't do anything offensively and doesn't look at the basket. You'd be like, he doesn't shoot. He's not shooting. Shoot the ball. It's a point of basketball. Like you'd be doing that. No, 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 no. You would be. By the way, I was right here to be like, I was right about Ben Simmons, and you were wrong. So let's just get that out of the way. Well, I mean, he also got worse. We've talked about. We talked. Well, but I but I was still right, and you were still wrong. So, but the big difference is that Ben Simmons was tasked with being the second best offensive player on the team. Of course. And in the current starting lineup, PJ Tucker is literally, even even the best PJ Tucker you could think of 
is the last player you would want taking a shot. So he like, just needs to be. Just he just needs to be a threat. He just needs to be a threat. And he, right now, he's not from like any anywhere on the court except for like two inches on either on either corner. I feel like he is shoot, but that's what he's always done. But no, he he was at least cutting to the rim. He was at least like he the he is he has gone further into his corner of like what he refuses to do. And when you have guys that refuse to do stuff, when you have guys that are so limited that they won't even look at it, then that affects how other people are covered. It affects how Embiid is covered. It affects how they cover okay. the pick and roll. Well, he, he needs he needs to be better. And like if if it's just now, he's just like, I mean, it's the I'm, offense I'm, is pathetic. It's a joke. I'm not um, defending. I'm not defending the signing because I it was he obviously overpaid him for too long. I I'm also not entirely disagreeing that he could do more than he's doing. But currently, the first 20 minutes of this podcast were about how good their offense looks. Much of it with PJ Tucker on the floor. And, and Joel Embiid is having can, the best, hold on, Joel Embiid is having the best offensive season of his entire career. James Harden is having the best offensive season that he's had in years. DeAnthony Mountain, who's in the starting lineup, has found offense that he's, and, and Tobias Harris is doing exactly what we want, all with P.J. Tucker on the court. Yeah, I mean, but. What's he preventing? You could say that, like, the Sixers are the second seed and, and Montrezl Harrell is there, so aren't they good? Like, I, I think those things are happening independent of, of, PJ Tucker and it's not it doesn't it doesn't mean that PJ can't do more things or shouldn't do I more agree. things I because agree. like I'm just in not the playoffs when those when those like you get pinched on the edges like his lack of shooting and lack of offensive contribution in any way is going to hurt them because then you can guys can step off him more they they can double off him plenty he's standing in the dunker spot doing nothing he's not a lob threat like a million things that he could be doing that a better player would be doing. And he's just like, not that guy at this point in his career. Anyway, uh, if you well, trust those five guys, the main starters, plus yep. Maxi, plus Niang, who I love, um, that's seven. Mm -hmm. Shake, Shake is, is great, would be eight, but I, I, I do rather keep, have a wing there. You'd rather have somebody, especially with Melton, you'd rather have somebody that can defend a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so th that guy, plus um, a, a backup center that you trust, and that's the rotation. And like, if they can improve those two spots, or at least one of those two spots, or at least can continue to use Matisse like he's uh, a useful offensive player. If Harden can keep, you know, making him useful here and there, then that's then that's one of them. But like, one of those two spots at least needs to get better. Um, and whether and it needs to be like, if it's you know, if it's if Shake is here, then like that that guy needs to be kind of both guys, like a PJ Washington type that can be both the big wing and a backup center. Um, it's an interesting spot, but like that's that's the that's the rotation. So my I guess my final thought on Tucker is that I'm betting on him being mostly what we need him to be once the playoffs start. And that's maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, that's that's maybe the hope for sure. Um, so final voicemail is one that I know is going to irritate you. And uh, I thought it was a, a good voicemail and a, we had to get to it as Joel Embiid made some comments about uh, Kim Olajuwon who made some comments about him. 833 Lickface. Hey, it's Brian from Maryland. I, I saw the Embiid response to Akeem Olajuwon and it's laughable. I mean, Embiid's biggest asset is his size. You have... Three Hall of Famers, I'll just name three for this argument, Barkley, Shaq, and now Olajuwon saying, stay in the post, stay in the post. And his response is, that's not how you win. You have no basketball IQ. Well, we haven't won anything. He hasn't won anything. And I think he's going to be the reason this year that everyone looks and says, this is why we haven't won anything. 
just a few games ago, he bails out in Oklahoma City when they don't even have a center to play him and refuses really to do anything inside. So, I mean, right now you could sit here and say, predict the future. We're going to lose in the playoffs. I'm ready to move on from him. I kind of find it hard to believe that everyone else isn't. Wow. <sighs> Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I think there are the one interesting truth, I think, in what he said, the one thing that I agree with, because mostly I think he's wrong, is that if this is what we're expecting from Harden, which I think this we said this is best possible scenario, what this really does is it does put, as long as Harden doesn't disappear completely, it does put these playoffs squarely on Embiid. Like in that if they do not succeed, I think there will be a, I think he, he's been largely able to sort of uh, avoid that specific criticism that he failed. And as long as he's not hurt, I think that this playoffs will be fair or not will be a um what i forget what the word is but like we'll reflect on him specifically um but the other stuff not willing to get in the post ready to move on from him yada 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 uh i thought was a lot yeah i mean i he's been he's had so many bad things happen to him in the like before the playoffs it it sucks it -hmm. sucks that we've haven't had as many uh, fully healthy Embiid playoffs, like the, whether it's a broken face or the broken face the second time or the poopies. Uh, the, hopefully this is just like he's healthy for the playoffs and we can go like, all right, finally, let's go um, and see and really see it um, because it hasn't happened. And so it's, 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 he hasn't been as good. He hasn't been good enough in the playoffs. He hasn't lifted them out, but it's also like there are some reasons for that. Um and also his being healthy in the playoffs is like, you don't blame him for those things. But like, if you get to year, if he's what 29 and you get to this many years and there's another situation in which he's not physically able to lead at that time, lucky or unlucky, his fault or not his fault, you start to get to a point where you're like, well, we won a championship and this guy's never been healthy when it's time to do it. So that's yeah. like a thing to at least consider, not he blame turned- him for, but at least consider. Yeah. He turns 29 in two months. He will be 29 for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the post stuff, like, I, uh, it's, I, like, I get it on one hand. Like, obviously, he's big. He's impossible to stop. Like, get him in there. But, like, people that played in a different era when, like, illegal defense was a thing, mm-hmm. like, you can't just go back to the basket and, and take your time, like, going by people every single time. Like, they will send doubles. And if he's sending doubles when his back's to the basket, that means he can't see them. It becomes really hard in the playoffs, too, to yeah. post up in the, the final quarter of a close game. And so it's it's pick and roll. It's isolation at the nail. Like, those kinds of things where it's like, you're essentially doing the same thing. And he will get in, in, in post-up situations. But it's just, it can't be all the time because they're going to keep sending doubles. And... He's not a he's gotten better as a passer, but he's not like a brilliant passer. And he's not like so intuitive that he, can, that he can like feel a double before he even looks at it. Like not like back back to back MVP winner Nikola Jokic. Exactly. Right. Um, so it's just like, I don't know. Everybody that's old, just like I didn't I didn't hear any of those Hakeem comments. So I don't I don't know exactly what he said, but um I mean he's MB Tiro. So like there's a ton of like but, stuff that 
Embiid does that is very Hakeem-esque. It's like, he's like a mix of like Hakeem and Kobe, which is such a crazy combination. Um, you know, but like, just like everybody that's all, like, I don't know. Am I going to be giving advice when I'm like 55? Sure. Like and 25 by, year old writer. I don't know. By the way, like the Akeem thing, I, I did not, see, I only saw the the quote, like I didn't see the context of it. And like, here's the thing, man. Like there are some people, I, Akeem might not watch a lot of basketball now. Like yeah, there are a lot sure. of people who do. And in, in Shaq his, certainly doesn't. <laughs> that's funny. Um, like, I don't know. I'm not, we don't need to like shit on, but we don't need to shit on Embiid for playing in 2023. Like it's 2023. And like Akeem, I don't know. You ask a guy a question and he's, he's not an analyst anywhere. Like he's just fucking, he's like, I don't know. I, if I were that guy, he's enormous. I would be in the post. It's sure. like, okay. You know, yeah. it's fair. Um, so before we go, we are recording this. You, you may be listening Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, but we're recording this nine hours prior. At this point, we are nine hours from kickoff of Giants-Eagles. Uh, Spike's Eagle- been doing this whole podcast from a tailgate. Yes, yeah, at, at, the, um, at MetLife, actually. Oh, at dude, buddy, you're in the wrong place. Shit. No, 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 this is where we're tailgating. Um, the, uh, we're nine hours away. The current DraftKings line, hold on, as of last night, it was Eagles minus seven and a half. But let me just make sure it hasn't moved. It opened up at seven and a half, then it went to Eagles minus seven almost immediately, and then it backed to seven and a half. So it's still Eagles minus seven and a half. I want two things from you. Okay. I want your DraftKings pick, Vegas Mike, and then I want your, well, if you just give me the score, I think that'll be both. That'll give us the winner and the, the spread pick. It's it's tough. I try. I really tried to avoid. Like I'm in a couple like fantasy postseason type uh, pools mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was in Memphis, I did so much DraftKings because we don't have a sports book here. So I was doing DraftKings all the time. It was dangerous. I felt I felt like alive all the time. Like everything. I'm watching something. There's a live bet. I'm doing it. Uh, so maybe maybe healthy for me that I'm that I'm in a state that doesn't allow the sports book for now. Um, but I always try to like avoid putting like eagles in them because i need yeah. i can't like be mad about the eagles yeah. and also mad about like my gambling or my whatever but seeing as i'm vegas mike and i'm wearing the eagles hat right now uh the instagram eagles hat um i feel like they're gonna fucking crush them dude they should crush them it's a possibility absolutely unload on them so i'm gonna say fucking thirty-one ten. Yeah, I was going to say 31-13. Yeah. So the to me, the big, uh, the big it, question... It makes it, me sick to say that. It makes me physically ill yeah. to well, say that. Yeah, I mean, it's risky for sure. Um, yeah. You know, like the, uh, the real question that nobody knows that we can only guess on is the specific health of Hertz and Lane Johnson. They're, mm-hmm. they're not even debatably. I think they're, maybe you could say Kelsey, in, in it, but like they're the two most important players on the Eagles offense. Lane hasn't played in a month and the, we've only seen Hurts once and he was still obvious, like given the quotes before and after, was still obviously in pain and the offense didn't look great that time. So if, if those guys are right, even though they haven't played well in a month, like they were clearly, if not the best team in football, one of the two best teams in football. But like, have not seen them play. Think the Giants are playing much better than they have all year. And I'm picking the Giants 23-21. And I will be, um, look, 
fucking Jalen Hurts could come out there looking great. Lane Johnson could be shot up with 17 shots of whatever they shoot you up with to make sure it doesn't hurt anymore. Playing with a fucking porn muscle in your midsection sounds fucking horrible to me, but offensive linemen and football are a different breed. So that is my pick. We will see. Um, and then when are we doing our next pod? Oh, is the Nets game Wednesday? It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, now Ben did get thrown out of a game after getting two technicals, 5,018 minutes. Uh, somebody suggested that they thought maybe he did that so he could be one technical away from getting suspended for the Sixers game, which oh, I, <laughs> it's not, I wouldn't say yes, but it's also not impossible. So we'll see what happens. Interesting thought. Yeah. Um, well, Sixers are good. Uh, they play the Kings tonight in a game that literally nobody will watch in all of Philadelphia. Doesn't even happen. Doesn't even count. So, they've, um, I mean, they've they've so far swept the road trip. So that's you know, yeah. can't ask for much more than that. You know, you could ask for a little more than that. Yeah, then I won't. You can ask for a little more than that, and I have, and I will continue. To. We'll talk to you next time. Are you there with TTP? Yeah, you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.